welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service uh, will last about an hour and in a few seconds you'll meet our hosts uh, for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we will have a time of worship and reflection, after which we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments. Now, we want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and we've got a few ways in which you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream, and if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our fairly new podcast called What's the Story, uh, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things can be found on our website at www.crowd.church, or you can reach out to us on social media at Crowd Church. If you are new to crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Hello there. Um, Hi everyone, good evening. Well, you got a glimpse of who was leading today because I pressed the wrong button. So <laughs> you saw our faces and then we went into the countdown, but hey, no one's perfect. We're time. still working out the tech here, <laughs> yes. aren't we? Yeah. So um, I'm pressing the buttons today. My name's Dan and I'm with Anna and she's going to help us get through this. <laughs> Dan said just before we went on air everyone Dan said he's really good at the tech side and I was like well I'm not very good at the tech side so what am I here to do apparently just chat at you for an hour so yeah. that's all good isn't it yeah and I'm not great at the tech side we've got it <laughs> worked that one out yeah. Matt, Matt Edmondson may not be here but we've got it covered so yeah uh how are you Dan how's your week yes. been doing very good thanks had a good week Half term, kids have been off. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been at work, but we've had a nice time and relaxed um, already for the week ahead. Yeah, we've had, um, yeah, in the UK it's been half term here, hasn't it? And um, for anyone who's watching internationally. Yes. But um, yeah, we've, my family just took the week off. Um, obviously, my little boy has been off school, so we all took a few days off work and went to North Wales for a few days, which was very nice. Normally, I think North Wales is like one of those places where it just rains and is very grey. But we had amazing weather this week, which was surprising at the end of October. Um, yeah, we were we were truly blessed with some sunny days and got on the beach and oh, wow. went for some nice walks. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah we had nice. a good week. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, been... you don't always expect that in October, do you? And no. Like, today, literally, the clocks have just gone back. So it's... Uh, 
yeah, sunny feeling very wintry and very dark. Like, yeah. I, just as I was logging on to meet Dan before, it was like, it was half five and we were just logging in, weren't we? And it was like already pitch black. It's like, no, we're into winter. I know the last That's few it. times I've had, to, I've had to use this curtain to block out the sun. And now all it's doing is blocking out the mess on my windowsill. There's no sun streaming through. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's great. So, um, what have we got lined up for today? Um, we got Esther Richards bringing the talk from probably the best location we've had. So it's it's not in a room somewhere. She's doing the talk from a beach. In Australia, which is pretty impressive. So, okay, that is, pushing, that is just pushing out my North Wales trip, isn't it? Like, yeah. I've been yeah. on the beach, but not quite like summer in Australia. So, yeah. okay, we're bringing the glamour tonight, then, aren't we? And it's truly, truly international. Yes. Uh, and then we got Anna and John Farrington doing worship. And then we'll be back with some Conversation Street. So we'll talk about the, the talk. So um, put any questions in the comments. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because we'd love to have a go at answering them and see what you're thinking about Esther's talk. So Great. are you, yeah, are we all ready to go? Yeah, let's roll the talk then. And let's um, roll the talk. Yeah, we'll as we say, post your comments and thoughts <laughs> as we go through. That'd be great. We'll see you at Conversation Street. Hello from sunny Lord Howe Island in Australia, Esther, and we're going to be looking today at John 9 and 10. So first of all, I'm going to look at John 9, so I'm just going to read it out for you. So Jesus heals a man born blind. As he passed by, says Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbours and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son 
who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess to confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He, a- he answered, Whether he is a sinner I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And the man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshipper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and you would teach us. And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you are blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. So, in this chapter, we see Jesus healing a man who was born blind. Jesus does this in a seemingly quite strange way. He spits on the ground and makes mud with saliva with his saliva and rubs that mud on the man's eyes and sends the man to go to the pool of Siloam to wash, which he did, and he was healed. This is a pretty amazing healing. Then there's this whole kerfuffle about it with the Pharisees afterwards, and they're questioning how it happened. They ask the man who was healed, they ask his parents, they ask the man who was healed again. And in the end, it becomes a conversation about who Jesus actually is. The Pharisees are saying that surely Jesus cannot be from God because the day that he performed this healing was the Sabbath day or the Jewish holy day where they're not supposed to do any work. And they reckon that healing somebody counts as work. So if he doesn't keep the Sabbath, then surely he's a sinner. Surely he can't be from God. The parents of the man, uh, when asked, are too afraid to say who they think Jesus is in case they get cast out of the synagogue. So the man who was healed then explains what he knows and what his experience has been. And he does that in verses 25 to 33, where he says, "Um, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, though, that though I was blind, now I see. And then he continues on to kind of talk about why he thinks who Jesus is, who he says he is. Um, Because he talks about, you know, we've never seen a man uh, who's been blind from birth to be, to see again. People can't do that, surely. And we know that God speaks to his people and speaks to good people. 
So he kind of uses his own logic to um, see what he knows, see what he's experienced, and understand who Jesus is, who he believes Jesus has revealed himself to be. So this gets him cast out of the synagogue, and Jesus hears about this and goes to talk to him. And Jesus then explains to the man who he is, which is in verses 35 to 38, which I'm just going to read again. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him. It is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. You have seen him. It is he who is speaking to you. Jesus is basically saying, It's me. I'm here. You've seen me. You can hear me. And the Pharisees got so caught up in the law and all the technicalities and ticking the boxes and getting the days right that they missed Jesus. Don't get caught up. Don't get distracted by religion, by ticking boxes, by trying to get everything right and miss who Jesus really is and who he's calling you to be. He has already revealed himself to you. The whole of the Bible is Jesus revealing himself and his nature. You have seen him, it is he who is speaking to you. That is relevant for all of us even now. We can also learn a whole lot from the response of the no longer blind man. The way the man responds to the questioning of the Pharisees is a really beautiful example of being a witness. We know that we are called to be witnesses to Jesus and to who Jesus is. And we see it many times in the Bible. I'm just going to give you a few examples. So we see it a few times in Acts in chapter 1 verse 8, which says... But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in all Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. We see it again in Acts chapter 22, verse 15, which says, For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And earlier, we see it in Isaiah 43, verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. So we're told to be witnesses. For Jesus and it's a vital part of God's mission of what he's calling us to but how do we do that well in Acts 4 20 um, it tells us a little bit how to do this very briefly and simply but in a really simple and easy to understand way it says for we cannot speak of what we have se- for, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard that's it that's all it takes to be a witness is to speak of what we see and what we hear so acts 4 tells us how to do it um, and the man in the story in john shows us how to do it because in verse 25 he says very simply one thing i do know that though i was blind now i see 
He even admits that he doesn't know the full extent of everything. He says, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. He doesn't take a really long time researching and, and trying to make sure that he knows all the answers and has all the understanding and all the technical words and everything worked out perfectly. He just says what he knows and what he's experienced and that's what it means to be a witness. That is what we are called to do as well, is to be a witness and this man is an excellent example of that. So I'm going to move on to John chapter 10. Um, which is a brilliant chapter. It's a classic. You've probably heard many parts of it before. Um, It's entitled, I am the Good Shepherd. I'm going to especially talk about, well, that that aspect of it, of Jesus being the Good Shepherd. So I'm just going to read it. Truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said to them, so Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? At that time, the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? You are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, No one who, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. 
Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father, for which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? If you called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming, because I said I am the Son of God? If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true, and many believed him there. So, it's chapter 10. So, Jesus says that he is the good shepherd, that he is the good shepherd who will lay down his life for his sheep and actually it talks about how he chooses to lay down his life for his sheep it says no one takes it from me it's talking about laying down his life and take giving up his life it says no one takes it from me but i lay it down of my own accord jesus was not forced to die um he was not made to do it he wasn't bribed into it he chose to die for you it was always his choice. It was always in his control whether he wanted to do it. It said that he had the authority to lay his life down. And that's what it talks about in verse 18. This is clearly talking about what Jesus did on the cross, that he chose to die for you. Jesus always had the choice and he chose you. He desires to know you. Later in the chapter, he tells us... Um, that it is he who gives us eternal life and no one can take that away. Verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And this is really similar to part in the last chapter where Jesus says, um, reveals himself to the healed man where he says, it is me, it's he who has been talking, speaking to you. And the man believes and worships. He hears his voice and he follows him. This is a really clear call as to who we are supposed to be and what we are supposed to do in response to Jesus calling to us. Jesus is constantly revealing himself to us in the Bible and this, is our, this can be our only response to believe, to hear, to listen, to believe and to follow him, to fall down in worship. So I just wanted to make one last brief, very quick link um, between these two chapters. In chapter 9, Jesus heals and reveals himself to one man. And in chapter 10, he is talking about his devotion to the whole flock of sheep. Jesus knows and loves us all as a group, every single one of us together. But he also knows and loves you as a distinct individual. He is always revealing himself to us because he wants you. He wants to know you and he wants you to know him. Pay attention. Don't get caught up by other things. Know that you are loved and, to be a, and be a witness to everything he is doing for you. You were the word at the beginning One with God at the 
amazing wasn't it i mean yeah as an aside i think we should have wave noise at the background of all our talks Every week. it was kind of relaxing wasn't it <laughs> it was very relaxing um yeah but i thought it was a brilliant brilliant talk um, there was a lot of content in there wasn't there because it yeah. covered two old chapters of the bible so she had a lot mm. to cover but just some amazing points in there i mean what yeah. was kind of something that really struck you about it dan I think, and I think you picked up on it in the comments as well, that right at the beginning, this this man gets healed. Mm. He's blind from birth. He can now see. But all the Pharisees are worried about is, oh, but did he do it on Sabbath? <laughs> and yeah. I think we can miss the amazingness of what happens, trying to find fault and 
did someone break the rules or what's going on? And yeah, yeah. what a thing that they missed. This man's blind. And that's the secondary part of their, you know, the, the story, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? And you kind of think, oh, the Pharisees, are, they're such fools. Like they always seem to miss it because they're so stuck on their religious rules and, and their sort of way of thinking. But then, I, then it, it, then when I sit back and think about it, it challenges me because I think, well, maybe I'm not stuck on that kind of religiousness. But we're all, we all have our kind of pre-existing yeah. beliefs and views and way of seeing the world, don't we? In our own lens and how we think yeah. about God and what He's doing in the world and who He can and can't use and who He works through. And you know, we all have our biases. I think, and it, it really challenges me to think. You know, it's exactly what Esther said, like, don't miss what God's doing right in front of you because it doesn't mm. fit your narrow view of how you think God should work in your life or yeah. in someone else's life or in the yeah. world around us. I think so often what God's doing in the world doesn't necessarily fit on the boundaries of what church is or religion is. And, um, yeah, God's just so big, isn't he? I don't think he fits in the sort of narrow boundaries mm. of you know, human and standing for stop and yeah, yeah. I kinda know that, but it's still challenging to think about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And but the one the one thing the one person it wasn't challenging for was the man that got healed. So mm. when some when God does something in you or to you or for you mm. is that's when he was just a natural witness, wasn't he? It's like, well, you know, I know that sinners don't do these things, so therefore he must have been from God. You know, look at me, I I can see now. It was just, it flowed out of him because of what God had done for him. Yeah. And I I think the other thing that really struck me about the talk was when she started talking about the Good Shepherd in the second chapter, and she talked about, like, how he chose to lay down his life and... Like he did it of his own accord. And I think I'm just looking in the, the um, comments bar actually. And Nicholas said, um, when you think about how Jesus had a choice to go through what he went through or not, mm. and he and he knew how much pain and abuse he would suffer, and yet he still chose to do it. And I think that's it, isn't it? That like just blows my mind. And I know the cross is kind of at the center of our Christian faith. And I know we know this stuff, but still, when you stop and consider it, it still it still blows my mind to be like, oh, he didn't do it because he had to do it. You know, he he chose he, he chose, chose that way. Yeah. He chose to lay down his life, and that yeah. is it. It kind of blows my mind. It, it's beyond it's beyond my mm. comprehension, really. Yeah. That kind of love and sacrifice. Yeah, dedication. The um, I don't think mm. it's. Um, yeah, yes, it is in in um, in John ten as well. It says, "Well, if there's a, a shepherd that's a hired shepherd, he doesn't have that commitment." You know, when when a wolf comes, he just legs it. You know, <laughs> let yeah. them let them ha- let the wolf have the sheep. But he he's got that personal responsibility. He he's God. He's a son. He couldn't he. He chose to die for us, but didn't mm-hmm. have to die for us. But then yeah. his, his love for us caused him to do it. You know, it was like, 
there's probably theologians go into that, don't they? Did he could he choose it really? Because he could yeah. not do it, but 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 he did. He chose and he did it for. He died for us. Amazing. Yeah, quite mind blowing, isn't it? It's like big yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I found um, just really good was like what she was saying at the end about um, how Jesus is like you know it goes back it linked back to her original point which is Jesus is always revealing himself and so he was revealing himself you know through healing that blind man mm-hmm. and yet lots of the religious people around didn't didn't recognize recognize how he was working didn't recognize the miracle he was doing right in front of their eyes they sort of mystics or hung up on the wrong stuff and you know and there was that challenge at the end wasn't there to like pay attention and like that that kind of call that like Jesus is always revealing himself. He's always working yeah. in the world. He's always doing stuff. And like, how much, how much are we paying attention? How much do we, do we see it? Or how much do we miss kind of what yeah. God's doing right in front of us? And that, that's challenging, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, through John's gospel, he keeps revealing himself and he keeps speaking to different people, the Samaritan woman and, you know, I am the Messiah um the feed of the five thousand and they're asking who he is and he keeps saying you know i'm god and they see all these miracles and wonders Mm. and right back to that first point but they miss it because they're trying to nitpick and trying to find out well you know does this does this put me out of a job as a pharisee am i am i about about, well am i will i lose my standing if i side with this man um Mm. yeah yeah, yeah, what are we going to, what are we going to lose to side with Jesus? Mm. What's it worth losing? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big thought, isn't it? I um I also just think that whole thing of like paying attention to you know just being being sort of aware and paying attention and looking for where God's at work in your sort of every day. I think it's something that I'm constantly challenged to do. It's like, you know, like Jesus wasn't always working in the sort of like obvious places in the synagogue or in the temple, He, you know, in the religious spaces of his day. He was like, you know, working with someone, you know, he's just sitting on the pavement. He's a blind man or, you know, he he was teaching kind of crowds um, who were passing by. And I just, it, it makes me think like, some quite often God's at work in the places where we least expect it or where we're not necessarily looking for him. So yeah. for me, I, I know, you know, I'm expecting God to speak to me when I work into a, walk into a church or, you know, maybe when I spend a bit of time reading my Bible or when I come to something like crowd church like this, I'm expecting God to speak to me through the talk. But like, how much do I pay attention in my day-to-day life as I'm walking around, working, taking yeah. my little way around, you know, whatever it is, like ha- doing the jobs around the house, how much am I looking for God to be working when I'm on the school run or, you know, in my everyday non-religious like, yeah. space. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that always challenges me. It's like, you know, God's, you know, the Bible shows us that God's really at work in those ordinary spaces and the everyday spaces of life. And, yeah, that's I find that challenging too. Yeah. Um it's 
I'm trying to form form the question, but yeah, <laughs> I I agree with you. You see the like wheels whirling yeah, and dance break. <laughs> yeah, if God, perhaps some of it comes back to religion, doesn't it? Even just in yeah. our how we live our lives, that like you said, well, when we're reading the Bible, we expect God to speak to us. When we're at church, we do, and that's yeah. some. It, it's good, absolutely, but it can be that religion bit as well that god surely speaks to us just in the day to day just when we're like you say just when we're out and about because he's Mm. he he doesn't confine himself to church he doesn't confine himself to those dedicated times which is which is amazing that that we serve a god we don't serve religion we don't serve a set of rules we serve a living god i love Mm. yeah I love that. Yeah, it makes all the difference, doesn't it? Mm. And I think that that call to pay attention as well, it's, you know, it rings really true to me because um, I think we live in such a distracted age, don't we? Like, you know, we just have a lot of entertainment and social media and, you know, we, we, we're always on our devices and on mobile phones. Like, we're not a lot of the time we're not paying attention to what's in front of us or to people who are in front of us or the things that are happening in front of us because we're kind of half somewhere else, aren't we? We're always mm. multitasking and, like, technology is wonderful. It's, like, you know, enabling us to do this now. And we've got people in Australia and we've got people, I think we've got someone in from Kenya. Kenya yeah. All sorts of places. And, and Wales. It, it's a great technology is such a blessing, but it's also, like, because of so much of the technology we carry in our own pockets and the ability to always be online and always be somewhere else, we also can miss what's in front of us, can't we, in our day-to-day life? And I am terribly guilty of that. I am a very easily distracted person. And, um, you know, I do just think that challenged me is massive that, um, you know, it's that thing of like, um, you know, do I notice and am I making space for God in, in those everyday moments? Because, I think our culture and the way the world is now, it's it's harder and harder to be fully present, isn't it, in the moment and with what's in front of you. And I think, how much am I yeah. making space for God? How much am I just filling every spare second of my day scrolling online or, you know, yeah, when God could be speaking to me or be wanting to do something. And I don't know, I, I find that mass, that's a constant challenge to me at the moment. I just It's something I'm mulling on a lot, I feel like. We're not very present yeah. as as a tendency. Like our whole culture, yeah. it's not it's not about being present here and now. No, and yet yeah. wanting to work in the moment. Yeah, we mm. we sort of think it is with information, don't we? Think well, we've got we must be present because we get information constantly to us about what's mm. happening. But that's just living. It can just be living a different life, living a life of of other people or other events, not. Mm not what we're doing now yeah just having a look at what comments yes. we've got so miriam yeah. saying that she thought it was a special talk because it was really about god loving us and mm. i think that goes back to the the point about um jesus choosing to lay down his life and i think yeah that was incredible yeah um, and i was just as as miriam said that i thought he um healed that blind man but he, mm. he risked his life just to heal him in a way, didn't he? Yeah. He the the fact he could have got away with things, he could have just talked, um, 
but the Pharisees wanted to stone him for doing it on a Sabbath. But that man was worth was worth it. it was worth yeah. um, being potentially stoned. It was worth all the abuse that that man could now see. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. So we look what else we've got here. I think it's such a great analogy that we don't we don't even have to stretch it too far. You know, he was blind and he can see. God wants to come just in that. So it's that, that he wants to bring clarity, but it's mm. it's that big. He wants to give us life, so we can be. Um, we're alive without. I think we sang a song at church this morning. It had something like lines saying we're we're alive without breathing. We're here, but God wants to come and bring that breath. He wants to bring. Um, John ten ten says that life in all its fullness, all its abundance. Yeah, um, yeah Esther read that, didn't she? That was part of the yeah. passage. So. Mm. Yeah, he wants to give give us fullness. Um, yeah, and uh, Matt has put it on. Matt Cruz put it on about um, getting in contact with us because if you've got, if you're watching this at a later date or even yeah. now, please just um, feel free just to send DM through. Uh, at Crowd Church, get in contact with us if you want to know more yeah. about God. You want to know more about who He is. Um, we don't do this for fun or to be on YouTube. <laughs> um, we do this to tell. Become famous because we're not that professional. <laughs> no. I'd have to get my buttons pressed much, much better. <laughs> um, we do it because we want to tell people, tell you about yeah. Jesus because He's worth it. Is that's it's night and day it's black and white it's being blind and it's being able to see that's yeah. who god came for he came for the individual i wrote that down in my notes here mm. that um Ernesto mentioned it that he came for us as individuals so mm. he came for the the good shepherd as a flock but he came as individual sheep he wasn't going to allow one of us to get out and he says he's come to give us eternal life Mm. Yeah, and there's there's quite a lot in the Bible about like um, you know the good shepherd, isn't there, and him being willing to go for one. You know, it's that that thing of like he'll leave the ninety nine to go and look for the one lost sheep. Mm. So it is about the whole flock, but it's also about yeah. again, it's about individuals, and that that's what springs to mind when I sort of hear that. And yeah, I loved what Esther had to say about it was both seeing him move and reveal himself to an individual in a really personal way and meeting their really personal needs. And it was a really practical need, wasn't it? Like he couldn't see. Um, And, and yeah, and also that thing of like, he's, you know, the good shepherd to everyone. And yeah, I liked, I liked how she pulled the two quite different chapters together in a way. Um, Yeah. And there's that thread through all of it about Jesus revealing himself. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah the shepherd it says that he keeps us he keeps us that we can't be snatched from his hands as well, um, and that's mm-hmm. quite a big promise, isn't it? That he's not yeah. just a, a one trick pony. He's not just going to come and give you some good feelings now and then. God came that we can have eternal life and that we can be protected 
that he comes to help us through when times are when times are rough when things are going on it's not about the good times it's about the, he's here for the hard times as well yeah yeah definitely definitely um there's also lots of jokes here about like when is Matt going to fly us all out to Australia? <laughs> yes, that's definitely a budget question back to Matt. I think. <laughs> <laughs> or Matt says he'll take the pastoral visit. Hard, hard, but someone's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. We've got. Matt's um, asking for a birthday shout out, so there we go. Yeah, Come on, happy, happy birthday on Friday, Matt. Hope you have a have a good day. Getting catching so up a little bit be, to um to me and Matt. Matt yeah, Edmund, he's that nearly, nearly that old. Yeah, and we've got um we're continuing the series next week, um John chapter eleven. Next week mm-hmm. we've got Dave Con coming to talk. Well, coming to talk, he will be talking oh, online. You can't really come to talk online. Um, he's talking online um with Matt and Phil Watson next week. So tech will be much nice. better. And be some... Oh, it's been great tonight. Don't don't do yourself down, Dan. It's better than if I was. <laughs> it's worked. We're live. Yes, we're here. Everyone can see us. Yeah, Working. No, that that's great. So uh, yeah, definitely tune in again next week because Dave mm-hmm. Corner's a great guy. He's got lots of good stuff to say. So yeah, that will be good. And they're doing John Eleven, so it's following on in the the series yes. on the Gospel of John, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fabulous. Fabulous. I think we're a bit early, but I think we've answered everyone's questions. So, like I say, if you want to get in touch, yeah, yeah. If you want to get in touch, please get in touch. If you've got any questions, just send them through. If you've got any prayer requests, then we'd love to pray for you. Really, really would. So, yeah, thanks, Anna. Thanks for being on today. And Thank you very much, Esther, for bringing that amazing word. Yeah, take all it, the way from Australia, no Yes, indeed. Yeah. Brilliant. And we'll see you all next week. Yeah, tune in next week, guys. Have a great week. Have a great week, Dan. And you. Goodbye. <laughs>